Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of Double DM Podcast, where we talk about TTRPGs, how to make them better, and especially what it means for your players and their characters to be unique in the world, to do the stuff that they are set out to do, and how you can achieve making your players feel always needed and special. But first, let's talk about what went on in our lives this week. So, Niels, how are you doing today? So far, I'm doing good. The day started off well, had an amazing lecture today. And from now on, after this recording, everything will just go downhill. Going to work, massively understaffed, as per usual. So hey, yeah, that, that was my morning. Mm. Very promising, right? My morning has already gone downhill and it's only going further downhill from here. Because, well, I have university at 8 a.m. on every Thursday. And I'm like, okay, cool, a little bit earlier to wake up. But hey, waking up early isn't the worst thing in the world as long as you get enough sleep mm -hmm. so i wake up at like i think 7 or 6 30 or something i get to university standing there in the open room first time by the way before that the last three times the room was always closed and we had to wait for a janitor to show up and open the room for us mm -hmm. and we lost like 15 minutes of time in our session that we had in the room beautiful now the room was open i was like yes that's nice if it wasn't for the uh, tutor sending out a mail 20 minutes before the session was supposed to start, sorry, I'm not going to be there today. Mm. I understand cancellations. It's like in TTRPGs, right? Mm. If you cancel like 20 minutes beforehand, then that just means that you forgot. <laughs> Yeah. Basically. I hate that. Yeah. Like, if I would have gotten that mail at like 7.30, I wouldn't have left the house. Mm. So that's great. Now, public transportation to one of the biggest universities in the city, it's very, very packed in every train and bus I am taking because mm -hmm. everyone wants to get to university at 8 a.m. Yep. So the travel there was packed as fuck. The train I have to take to get to the bus station where I get to the university... The train is empty when you when you go into the direction of university. Mm. The bus is full in direction of in the direction of the university. And now I had to leave, right? So I take the bus back to the train station. That bus is empty because no one leaves university at 8 a.m. Mm. except they're me. And then the train back basically into the heart of Berlin because that oh, train boy. 8.30 or something or 8.40. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Now, in addition to that, because why wouldn't that train already be full? The train before that decided to malfunction. Oh boy, oh boy. And, now get this, normal trains in Berlin have how many wagons usually, Niels? Four. Mm. Four big wagons. Oh, or no, oh no, don't tell me. It don't tell me it was a short train. It was a short train. Fuck. Two wagons. Oh my lord. <laughs> two wagons for a lot of people that would fit into eight wagons normally and mm -hmm. at that capacity eight wagons they would have been full so you were just packed in there like sardines yes uh, oh and boy. then you also mm -hmm. have these kind of people that take up a lot of space mm -hmm. for example there, there are mm -hmm. people that that, that that know oh fuck everyone wants a little bit of breathing room if I make a little bit more space that gives everyone more space and those that I stand here because I want to stand here. Yeah, but, but oh. if you just constrict your space a couple of inches, just a little bit, everyone else has more. And as if everyone else does that, that would work so well, or it could work so well. There are these poles, right, in these mm -hmm. uh, in, in the door sections where people can yeah. hang on to because these door sections are standing places. This is what fucks me. This is what really bugs me about this. These poles are for people to grab onto. Mm -hmm. Do not fucking lean against them and basically take up all the space because you have your back pressed against it. No one can grip the pole. We just want to grab onto this pole so we don't fall over. For example, on the old lady right behind me or the dog right behind me. I don't want to fall on those two people because they have nothing to do with this shit. No. That's why I usually try to lean against the walls right next to the door where these um, oh, handlebars yeah. are. Best against places. these walls. Best places. Best Amazing. places in the train. Aside from that, 
that's it for me. <laughs> a little bit of a, yeah, a little bit of a busy week, but eh, nothing I can't handle. <laughs> it is what it is, he <laughs> says. <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it is what it is. No, uh, so Nils, please uh, indulge me. How were your TTRPG sessions? Well, about that, there weren't any yet. Usually <laughs> I have a session on Tuesday, but <laughs> one player couldn't make it, so we skipped that. But we had a session zero kind of thing for another campaign with the same group. So now basically everyone in the group has jammed the game, at least in some way. So we may start a new campaign after one of the others is done. Mm -hmm. But that's really all that TTRPG had in store for me this week. Um, I have mm -hmm. one session coming up on Sunday one and one on Saturday, a quick one, right before work. That's going to be fun. But that's about it. I'm hyped for both. Can't wait to see what happens. You also have one on Friday. I have one on Friday. Yes, you agreed to the session. Oh, yeah, I think. Yeah, 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 I remember. I definitely did. Sure. And you theoretically also have one on Monday. <laughs> just saying, just saying, just saying. <laughs> That's, that is true. So I have a big weekend. <laughs> so you have four sessions, Niels. <laughs> yeah, I should have checked my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> But apart from those two, four sessions, that's going to be it for me this <laughs> week. <laughs> so personally, wait, I have uh, one today on Thursday. I have one on Friday. I don't have one on Saturday. I have one on Sunday and I have one on Monday and I have one on Tuesday. So looking good. <laughs> looking good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, perfect. A lot of sessions coming up, a lot of sessions to play. Um, yeah. Looking forward to all of those. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we can talk about all of them. We cannot talk about one of them anyway. Not mm. really, at least. Um, so that's out of the question. We don't necessarily know if the one on Monday is even going to be there because not everyone agreed yet to the to the mm. session. So that's that. Um, so let's talk about the one on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Niels is looking up what the session on Friday is. <laughs> Which session it was? Let me check. Mm -hmm. I just have blocked TTRPGs, but I don't know which session. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Um. Mm -hmm. Ah, this one. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this one. Ah. Ah. Okay, so we haven't played that uh, that campaign in a while. No, 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 no. I didn't no, play this man. campaign in a while. My friend, you didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited to see what's happened in the session during my absence. Oh, to too see much. What shit went down and find all the weird stuff out. Too much. Too much went down. Oh we no! Burned oh, the whole no. city to the ground. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Cool, 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 cool. No doubt, no doubt. So what did happen in the last session? Um, we... <laughs> did you really burn a city down? No, we didn't. Ah, we, went to a, we went to a ruined city okay. and have been told why it was ruined and that there are hostages kept by some bandits. And then we've, and then uh, our paladin went, well, I don't give a fuck what you others think. We will have to save these hostages. Understandable. And then the rest of us went, why the fuck do you want to save these hostages? We don't care about them. <laughs> and then we decided, okay, fuck it. We're going to save the hostages. But we haven't found a way to save them yet. And that's where we left it off. Okay, okay, okay. Hmm. <clears throat> Hostage negotiations, in quotation marks. <laughs> negotiations. Um, the thing negotiations why we needed, with a sword. The thing why we needed your artificer's character sheet was because someone said, let's build a bomb and blow everything to pieces. Okay, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> that's a negotiation tactic. Uh, we we are in, in, in the process of, oh shit, there's a lot of uh, uh, bandits, and not just normal bandits, but really strong fighting bandits oh they have hostages let's find a way to save them hmm. so yeah that's what we're gonna do probably tomorrow all right help all right <laughs> <laughs> and with that um we cannot talk about the other sessions or at least we have don't have time to maybe we will get to that next time for our next episode of double dm podcast but now let's jump into our main episode on players being the unique little heroes they are Hey listener, how are you enjoying the show so far? Tell us about it in whatever way you see fit. Go to our social media pages and add us or DM us about your favorite episode of the show. We would love to hear from you on what impact our show might have had on your home games. Or 
you could review us on your podcast app of choice and leave us a nice message with a five-star review. And if you want to go above and beyond, bring a friend into the fold. Tell them about our show and refer us to them so they can get a piece of the pie as well. Thank you for listening to Double DM and joining us on this incredible journey. Nils, I have a question for you for this episode. All right. It's a very simple question. Are they really simple though? Yes. I don't want more than a yes or no. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's a very simple, I, I'm going to ask follow-up questions after, obviously, but I of want course. a yes or no. Mm -hmm. When you run your D&D &D or TTRPG games, let's say your players are adventurers or whatever term else a game uses for them, agents, mm -hmm. heroes, whatever. Are there other adventurers in your games? No. Okay. I have to answer no. Because I think the focus point should always be on the player characters and their group and their doings because that's what the story you build um, mm -hmm. revolves around. I mean, in one of my campaigns, I have two campaigns in the same world. They are playing at the same time, roughly. So there mm -hmm. are, but they aren't. They don't come into contact. I know what you mean. That's why I have to say no, because in the campaigns themselves, there is no contact point between them. Yeah. They exist in the world, but that's Mm -hmm. That's about it. Question. So there are no adventuring guilds, no parties of other paladins, not necessarily in a game specific term, but right. All of these groups that are going out, saving the world, defeating evil, basically. Exactly. There are specialized guilds, of course, or hunters, uh, hunters guilds or monster hunters, whatever. stuff like that. But exactly, no but actual adventurers. Exactly. The players. Okay. When I ask the question, um, once again, this, this time I want a different answer than what you just gave. Mm -hmm. Why? Give me a more game-specific or world argument for this. Why is it in, that in your world there are only one group of adventurers or two but one in each mm -hmm. story? Why aren't there adventuring guilds of other people that take on other quests and contracts, right? The standard, the players start on a tavern, for example, is a very mm -hmm. good idea for this. Very good for, for to build a mental image of this. The players start on a tavern drinking beer and there's a quest board and they decide, okay, let's take on a quest tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And they look, go to the quest board and there are like 20 quests strewn about. And you as a GM obviously have one quest that you, that you want your players to do, or you, you have maybe even 20 quests. It doesn't matter. You have at least some quests on that board. The players take up one. Mm -hmm. Who does the other quests? Or do you do not have quest boards in your games? I usually don't have big quest boards. Like, mm -hmm. there is a blackboard in the marketplace for yeah, I need a chicken. Does anyone have a chicken? Some uh, Something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is something, but the big quests, I don't have quest boards for the uh, for that because okay. then i ask myself why would my character or why would the party need to attend to those quests why don't just other groups do them exactly this is the question that i always ask myself and this is one thing if you build your entire world basically or the campaign around having adventurous skills or west marcher styles of campaigns work for that pretty well but if you have a quote-unquote normal campaign mm -hmm. or the standard campaign you don't have that much character exchangeability or yeah. there aren't a lot of characters being switched out all the time and therefore the question is why shouldn't just another group mm -hmm. then handle these specific mm -hmm. quests why is yeah. it specifically for this mm -hmm. uh, character group and i usually want to shine a focus point or shine the light on my characters and therefore i think it's counterproductive to have a lot of other adventuring groups mm -hmm. because then the players ask themselves why are we the ones to do that if some other yeah. groups may be more suited for that yeah i get it mm -hmm. but i like that question why are we doing this other people could do it why us but i will get to that in a different point of the episode first of all i, I want to further prime into your game, right? Remember yeah. that this is not, not me criticizing your game. This is me just trying to get an idea for how where you stand and mm -hmm. to, to get to get the discussion more even more rolling. So what happens if a village in some kind of country, it's rural, there's a lot of foresting nearby, right? This is the lumberjack village. Mm -hmm. There's a little river next to it, blah, 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 blah. And there's a certain monster in the forest. The lumberjacks cannot go outside anymore and forest. Mm -hmm. What do they do? Do they wait for the adventurers to arrive on pure chance to save them. Who do they call? What do they do about the monster? Or do they just live with it? Because if you do not have other adventurers or no quest boards, right? Mm -hmm. Who would take up the work that, that needs to be done so they can actually keep on living? Usually in my games, they would try to contact the nobility or the ruling okay. uh, entity, whatever okay. it may be, to then kind of try to find a solution for that. Okay. However, the ruling entity then does this. It could be the advice 
advisor to the king hires someone like the party who, who or, do they hire when, when it's not the party when it's not the party who do they hire yeah or using the uh, their military that that is uh, it's there or the um city guard or whatever the problem may be mm -hmm. if the ruling entity has an option to conserve uh, man resources they will hire the party okay but if the party doesn't come along they try to do that themselves okay but you said they will hire someone and if the party isn't there that option just doesn't exist for the game exactly. for the world okay so there are also no monster hunters in your games it depends on the problem but uh, with the lumberjack there, there might be a hunter uh, guild mm -hmm. in this in this town or in this uh, mm -hmm. country yeah It depends on where in my world you are, basically. Yeah, obviously it does. But I want to find out where the edge is of how much do NPCs still do to solve problems because what we talked about uh, in a few recent times is that the world for TTRPGs shouldn't necessarily be ever present dangerous but there should be danger at every corner so the players can engage at every corner right but that also means you put the equation backwards if there's danger everywhere the world itself would react to that danger that you place there for the players to engage with right your world also needs to react if, exactly. if you say I want to have danger everywhere there needs to be something that the world does in response and the world's response cannot be these adventurers that randomly stroll through the countryside. Exactly. That, that's why I try to do it with city guards or just military things if it's, for example, a monster that is living somewhere that mm -hmm. they might hunt down and then there forms a monster hunter guild or whatever. Depends mm -hmm. how it develops in the in the advancement of the game. Mm -hmm. Or just if there are a lot of bandits on a road, the ruling entity might just position guards at every major stop yeah. and that would be the quote-unquote edge where the I get it, yeah. NPCs do uh, still do stuff mm -hmm. or don't okay but it's not a hard edge in my games it's a grayscale it's a it's a grayscale but you want to write the line of players are special in every sense of the way mm -hmm. what they are doing the world just cannot do like killing a monster like a big monster a hydra mm -hmm. or whatever bigger right the world might respond to it and might even kill it in some instance But generally, when I present a Hydra to my players, it's a problem they need to solve. Yeah. Right? In other parts of the world where the players currently aren't, the danger is being dealt with in a different way. And since it's not at the table, we don't care about it. Exactly. This is exactly, I agree with you. But again, for consistency's sake, in my opinion, I do have, for example, monster hunters in my world. Because mm -hmm. in a certain area my players are currently in, there are a lot of monsters around. The area 30 years ago was very dangerous to traverse. There were... There was a troll kingdom for example that, that mm -hmm. completely ruled the mountainside and there are still old troll fortresses so there are also archaeologists or explorers that go into these temples and explore them not just players yeah same question now different now a problem that is completely on a different scale or not on a different scale but on a different on a different side of the metal for example when there's a highly magical problem that mundane means can solve are there high level enough mages to solve them? Is there anyone in your world that theoretically can cast, or not, not necessarily can cast high-level spells exactly, but that is a very high-profile magic user? Uh, yeah, in my games there is, because I like to play high-fantasy, high-magic kind of settings. So you have an archmage, let's use that yeah. term, in your games, but you do not have an adventuring guild. Yeah, because usually um, my mages or my mage situation is consistent of academies and uh, magical mm -hmm. science and tinkering Obviously, and yeah. uh, research. And usually those uh, academies are just for researching the ways magic works, mm -hmm. not just through practical means. Mm -hmm. So they might not be, in game terms, the highest level of casters, but they have a, a lot of knowledge about it. Okay. Even they can't perform it, even if they can't perform it. That's interesting because now that let's, let's say there's a magical anomaly in one of the forests instead of an hy a hydra monster, okay? And the high ruling entity gets contacted. I don't know what what is happening here blah blah yeah. blah stuff is happening it's magic they have a court mage they would For send example, their mage yeah. to inspect it but the mage cannot deal with the problem actually they can just investigate it mm -hmm. and you would still need players to actually solve the problem 
in the end. Yeah. Except when players aren't there the and the world needs to save the problem. Then it's handled off screen and the players never will know about it, right? Because if you kind present of, your yeah. world as completely dangerous and every div corner of the of the way there could be something dangerous and interesting, but the players only engage with so much of it, the other problems need to be dealt with in some way, right? And you do it off mm -hmm. screen, you don't talk about it because obviously you don't have to. This is the first advice. If, if your worlds are dangerous, like we told you a lot of times so far, which is a good thing, that danger is for players, giving players mm -hmm. an opportunity to act, giving players an opportunity to interact. But that also means that your world needs to interact. You exactly. can handle it off screen in some way because you do not need to mention those problems. It just means that everywhere your players go, suddenly there's problems. Yeah, the thing is... I like to use those as plot points or possible plot hooks that they hear about some sort of problem that try to be solved by, for example, let's go with the magic anomaly mm -hmm. and the court, uh, court magician couldn't handle it. Yeah. But they just heard in from the town crier fucking three countries away or whatever, heard that there was a problem that couldn't be solved by this court magician and therefore they may, might be enticed to go there. I like to throw those things around to give my players options where, take, uh, where they can go next, especially if mm -hmm. they have completed a major arc or a big quest or whatever, however you want to call it, because then I can use that to my advantage to give my players direction or to present them direction rather than okay. just giving it to them. Okay. And Or it's just this happened, they solved it, and this mm -hmm. also might entice your players to investigate how they solved because mm -hmm. they encountered something similar, but they had a really big, uh, they had really much difficulty to mm -hmm. handle these situations. Okay. In general, just if there is a problem, it doesn't always need to be solved in a quote-unquote good way it just needs to be reacted to yeah it, totally it agree. doesn't have to be solved necessarily mm -hmm. if there uh, is a monster in the woods the ruling entity could try to hunt hunt that monster down however but they might fail but they might succeed it might they're, also they're just be about driving away the monster right they don't have to actually exactly. kill it exactly the problem is not that the monster exists the problem is that the monster is currently at that location exactly where it is a problem exactly like right that's a way you could deal with the problem on a level that is not as players would do it mm -hmm. not as players could do it the players could still drive it away if they want to and not kill it actually yeah I th it's less of a the world is actually solving its own problems it's more of a it's just dealing with them and the players are still there to solve them exactly yeah i, I think okay. it's um this is just or th this is a way for me to give my players the feeling they are needed in the world wherever they go they are needed for something mm -hmm. whatever it may be being it rescuing a cat from a fucking tree they can do it because why the fuck not mm -hmm. one person can has spider climbing abilities something along those lines and just can walk on other pointed surfaces but now you've driven yourself into a corner you're saying that even if they just save a kitty from a tree if they want to do that by what you said so far and i know this is completely confrontational and not actually what i mean mm -hmm. bear with me there shouldn't be anyone that can actually save a kitty from a tree then no <laughs> it's basically just opportunity there is an opportunity to save the kitty they can and or they cannot it's completely their decision it's player agency same with every other yeah. danger that there is they can always choose to not solve that that's mm -hmm. completely up to them but they just have to live with the consequences that this follows if they leave yeah. the kitty on the tree the consequences aren't that big even if no one can save that kitty because they yeah. can someone <clears throat> someone might climb a tree it take, might take them more than just 12 seconds but it's just the magnitude of problem that you present your players with so there is a certain magnitude of scale where the world cannot solve its own problems anymore exactly. because the kitty from the tree can be saved yeah but the hydra cannot be killed that's a scale Hmm. of problem threat problem opportunity problem magnitude mm -hmm. at what point does your world need heroes hmm. there is no hard point okay give me an example of something that the world couldn't do but the heroes could that is very fairly low threat level when you think about normal ttrpg quests and adventures yeah like oh, let me make a few examples and you at some point just say no that that cannot be solved kitty okay. from a tree can be solved okay repair a card can be solved <laughs> <laughs> oh no this love can't come retrieve a stolen frying pan can be solved by the guards for example okay it might take some time but yes because it's not instantly right the problem is at hand we know everything we need to know with the one sentence save a kitty from a tree or repair a broken card you need to find the culprit 
and then get the frying pan back. Um, but that's a two-step plan. Yeah, let's go one-step plan, two-step plan, three-step plan, where, where you have to basically go through three stages of different things to solve the problem. Let's go with a very fairly low... I, wanted to, I want to say murder mystery, but I think when I only say murder mystery, you will say cannot be solved. But there's obviously a scale in murder mystery alone, right? Yeah, I think it, in generally crime fighting in a way is where the spectrum starts to get a little uh, or the lines start to get a little shady. Because obviously the guard most of us have in our games or that we want there to be or we have there at least, we necessarily don't want the guard, mm -hmm. right? You get what I mean. We have the guards in our games for the cities because cities obviously need guards. Otherwise they would feel kind are weird and not correct, mm -hmm. right? But that also means that there needs to be crime fighting involved. And at some point, the guards are just two dumb idiots that cannot solve the crime yeah, anymore. Because usually my groups are consist of a multitude of different skills or skill sets that can be applicable in um, in basically every situation okay. at some point. Yeah. But the um, guard has very, in quotation marks, specialized, okay. even though, it, let's say, they specialize in crime fighting. But there is something magical about this. Then there needs to be another step to go to the court magician. But the court magician doesn't know where to look or what to look out for, even if the guard tries to work together. So as long as there are multiple entities involved that try to work together to solve the same problem, mm -hmm. that's where the lines get a bit blurry. So we shouldn't talk about how complex the problem is, but more how much people you need to solve the complex problem you have. Kind or of. How much yeah. entities, right? If one entity can solve it, then the guard can solve it. If the court mm. magician alone can solve it, he can solve it. If you only need a court magician to solve the problem, for example, problem is not the magic anomaly itself, but finding out why it creates these weird mushrooms. Mm -hmm. That alone can a court, magi court magician can do, because that's something that's only research, basically, right? Yeah. But solving the magical anomaly of making it stop would include finding out why the magic mushrooms come, finding out why they come, and then from that, deducting that the magical anomaly does this and this, and so on and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. There's more steps involved, and there's more steps involved that might not be applicable to the court magician, like fighting the monster that comes out of the portal now. And I think the, the party is basically, or I would consider the party as one entity. The guard itself is also one entity, right? Exactly. But the, the party itself, one entity, but with basically threats to every possible domain of mm -hmm. problems mm -hmm. that can occur. Mm -hmm. And therefore they are basically best suited to solve everything because they can solve everything mm -hmm. in one way or another. Or they, or they not necessarily they can, but they, there isn't a word for what I want to say because yes, they can solve every problem, but not necessarily they can solve every problem, if you get what I mean, right? Yeah, they can't solve everything, but they can solve everything. They can use the skills that they have <laughs> to try to solve every problem. Exactly. But they might not, even if a group is very spread on abilities and stuff, they might not be able to solve everything the way they want to. Right? Exactly. They might still be using ways to solve a problem that they actually cannot do. Or not cannot, it, it's hard. That they couldn't, mustn't, I don't even know what the word is for this, but generally just the players can solve every problem because mm. they are a group of individuals that do stuff together and have basically all these different tool sets that combine the party to a basically tool bag of every single tool in exactly. the game. Exactly. Th th that's the thing. They are, they are a tool bag. They are a complete workshop mm. of everything. Yeah. And and each, every entity in the game only is good for one thing or maybe yeah. even two. But then th this is already really specific. The court magician might also not necessarily, might also be able to handle himself in a general fight because mm -hmm. from the region where he's at it's a very militarized country so he knows a few combat but he might be able to kill a few goblins or stuff right yeah but, but they are specialized in one, uh, in a completely different thing they might branch yeah. out in smaller bits but the party is more or yeah. less widespread yeah the exactly. thing is, it's about this widespread thing the court magician mm -hmm. has maybe let's even say if they have highly specialized two skill sets they don't have the other eight that they are right? exactly the party is all the tool sets combined not just because the game because they are spreading themselves Right? you don't have to necessarily have an optimized party to solve every problem. But the thing is, the party is controlled by players that do have free will. And that is where it's at. Because mm -hmm. they can think of every possible solution that they want to think of. Mm -hmm. Because they can attempt every solution that they think of. Exactly. They can succeed at every solution that they can think of. They might not necessarily succeed at killing the monster, even though that that's what they wanted to do. But they might still, they, they, they were 
still able to solve the problem. If the court mm. mage would engage the monster in combat, because all of a sudden this court mage has some kind of weird premonition that he needs to fight, mm. he would die. Definitely. Exactly. No question about it. Yeah, it's about not being super specialized, but also having in the same entity enough people to, or with enough knowledge in this certain field. I think it's really just about that the players are able to do what they want. Exactly. In the world, sure, the NPCs are controlled by a game master who can do what he wants. The NPCs in the game have a certain role. Mm -hmm. And that role is something that they will fulfill. A court yep. magician that's specialized in research will be a researcher. They will not be a fighter. They will not be whatever else. They are a researcher. They will behave like a researcher. They will act like a researcher. They will be like a researcher. The party can decide if they want to be a researcher. Mm -hmm. The party can decide if they want to be a fighter. And they can make even both decisions at once or none at all. Mm -hmm. They have decisions. They have agency. They have free will. I think that is exactly what it's about. And if you have an adventuring guild in your games, for example, I have adventuring guilds in my games. I'm mm -hmm. going to be honest. But they, are, they work differently. And we can get into that, but I don't necessarily need to. But generally, it's about that the players can do whatever the fuck they want. Mm -hmm. Even if you have other adventuring groups in your game, those are adventurers. They are bold. They are brash. They are fighters. They are whatever, right? They are there to solve quests. But that's the only thing that they can do. Once again, mm -hmm. that's their role. They cannot be a researcher anymore. Sure, in the party, they might have a researcher, but they can only research things to the quest that's that they are related to mm -hmm. on a metaphysical level at least in the game in the in the story obviously the, this research npc can research everything even though they're an adventurer but only if the game calls for it and the game only calls for them to research something if it's for a quest exactly the adventurers you don't need them otherwise for, as for a quest or the other thing and that's what all of these npcs are for is to interact with the party mm -hmm. and then that free will that the party has gets transferred to this NPC, not in the ways that they had, not in the way that they now have free will, but in the way that the free will the party has to ask this researcher NPC, can you research this for us? The NPC will do it, but only because they are prompted by the party. Otherwise, they wouldn't. Basically, every NPC in your world has some sort of role to fulfill, but the party doesn't, or their role is to be the protagonist and the ones to interact with the world around them. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm, and if they mm -hmm. do exactly that, they specify the role that this NPC in this situation needs to be. Yeah. Because a king, for example, could be a skilled fighter, a skilled diplomat, and a funny dude. Who knows? <laughs> right? There might be kings that are like that. What's, what's on your resume? Good fighter, <laughs> funny good dude. diplomat, funny dude. Yeah. But whatever, no, but really, or yeah. however the party interacts with this king, they uh, in this moment, they become a skilled fighter, a skilled diplomat, or just the funny dude. Yeah. It, de it completely depends on the interaction the party has with this NPC to solidify their current role. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Because when I write a king, for example, I want my rulers to be special. Mm -hmm. I want special NPCs in my world that are major, to feel major to the party. That they're like they yeah. are major assets, major antagonists, major whatever. But they feel special to the players. That's important. Mm -hmm. They feel special to the players. Not necessarily to the game, which is something that we can get into as well right after this. But I think that, that for example, the king can be a skilled diplomat and be a skilled fighter because if they've been the prince before by another king when we look at um, all kinds of media and and actual history of nobility they were trained in diplomacy and in fighting because those were values that everyone honored at that time mm -hmm. or in that media so yeah this king can be a skilled fighter and he can be a skilled diplomat but one thing is important he might be a match for the party he might even be better than the party at first but the party can excel them yeah through whatever means possible Possible. That can be leveling up in the game or through clever tactics or through whatever. But there, even though this NPC might be higher level than the party or high skilled and can be a danger to the party, right? And even though your party never levels up because you don't play D&D &D and you play a game where it's about being underdogs, mm -hmm. being simple. In a horror game, for example, being simple is part of the fun. Yeah. You don't want to be a power fantasy because that's boring in a horror game if you can kill every zombie that comes for you. Mm -hmm. But still, the party can overcome the challenge of this king, even though this king is a skilled fighter and skilled diplomat, because they are players. I don't need to engineer anything for them. This is the fun for me. I just provide the king and mm -hmm. my players 
decide themselves how they want to overcome the challenge that I present. That is the player uniqueness that there is. Players are free-thinking individuals that create a character in your world to overcome challenges in their own way. This is exactly what you need in a TTRPG, is a group of players that solves things in their own specific way mm -hmm. that no other character combination would do the same way ever again. That is great. Yes. Even though it might just differ in small details, as long as it still differs, you have a completely different solution to the same problem. And one of the things is, right, as we said before, it will never happen again just by design of playing TTRPGs, in exactly. my opinion. It's not something that you have to engineer at all. Exactly. But it's good to know that your players and their characters especially are unique in the world. Mm -hmm. Because even if you play a game that is not about being a hero or about being anything really, about being a simple dude in a horror game that just fell into the wrong trap, they are still special just because they are characters used to play the game. That makes them special. It doesn't mean that the game needs to make them special. It doesn't mean that you need to make them special. It just means that they are. Yeah. And knowing that is going to be a huge advantage to you when you prepare your game. Because every time you prep a challenge now, you can think to yourself, my players can approach this problem in any different way that they want and they can find a way to solve it. I don't need to engineer a way to solve it. I don't need to make sure they solve it. They can do that on their own just by design of how TTRPGs and the game works. Because they are players. Because they are characters. They aren't NPCs. They aren't the world. They are a specialty. And there are a number of different ways how that shows. Some games, for example, is use mechanics which is my preferred way of making sure my players know that they are special because that is something else. You should make sure that your players know that they are somewhat special. Again, not raise them above the level of everything in the game and make it a power fantasy if you're playing a horror game that just doesn't work, but still there's some kind of reason why all this stuff is happening to them. Hmm. That reason makes them special. Exactly. Even in a horror game. And even if that reason is they just were lucky or unlucky. Luck is literally the definition of what this is about. Exactly. The players don't need to be special in game terms. They don't need to be better than everyone else. But what do they have? Luck. Mm. Or bad luck. Mm. But they have luck. Yeah, I think this is uh, also a thing that usually ties TTRPG character groups together mm -hmm. is an encounter by chance. Usually, or it depends on the start that you have for your campaign. Mm -hmm. But if it's not that the characters know each other already, it's usually mm. just a chance connection between them. Just Often it, could, yeah. it could have been just person A instead of person C, but it was person C. And that means something. Exactly. Because if you have players A to D, let's say that, yeah. or 1 to 4, and they get or they all meet in the same tavern because by fucking chance, they all by chance went to the same town and it's evening, they have to sleep the night. Uh -oh. That's not chance anymore. I will say it. <laughs> Yeah, but depends. It's fate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fate is a good term. Sorry that I'm interrupting your point, but yeah. I think you said something that is very important that I need to grasp. Right? You talked about chance. And I will say it is not chance. Obviously, it isn't. Nothing in TTRPG is chance except when you use the resolution mechanics of your game. Mm -hmm. And that is also where luck plays a role. If your players roll a lot of natural ones, that's bad luck. If they roll a lot of natural twenties, that's a lot of good luck. Still luck. But fate is a very good thing for me. I'm not saying every game should be about fate and that your players are fate touched and brought together by fate or something. But just thinking about fate as a concept mm -hmm. can help you because yeah, yeah, by true. chance all your players met in the same tavern. Why is that? And in the end of the game they defeat an ancient dragon lord that was never able to be beat before. What other word for that would be but fate? That they met in that tavern. Mm -hmm. Destiny. Yeah. There is no other word. That's, what, that's the word we use for it. And you can use the word. You don't have to explicitly state it in the game that your players are fate heroes and fate touched and supposed to are fated and prophesized to save the world. You don't have to do that. But just thinking about that there's a certain that 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 this group, that this story can only happen once means that it's fate that it happened. Mm -hmm. And I think that's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> and I think just knowing that, that everything you do is unique just because it is, because mm -hmm. you do, just because you're doing it makes it unique. It's a very beautiful thing to realize about TTRPGs. And it's part of the reason why I play them. It's part of the reason why I love them so much. Everything is new, 
unique and interesting. What better thing is there? Yeah, the, the, that's beautiful, man. Mic drop. <laughs> Sadly, we the, cannot finish here. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing is, for me personally, I'm not a huge fan in in my personal life of believing in fate. That's yeah. why I usually don't think about it when I. No one is, um, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> It's a normal general human thing. If I would tell you, Niels, the only reason you're doing this thing or the thing that, that you're successful in this is because of luck and fate, that disregards all the work you've done to get to that point, right? Exactly. And that's why I usually don't think about, I'm, I'm a huge advocate, basically. But, but one thing, yeah, you cannot disregard the place luck plays in how we are living. No, de most definitely not. But you can obviously say, even though I have a lot of luck, even though I've been born into a good family, even though I've been born in a good, in a first world country, like Germany for us. Yeah. It sounds very bad and it is, but I cannot disregard the fact that I've been born into a good family in a good country, for example. Mm. I cannot disregard the fact that that helped me definitely in becoming who I am today. Yeah. But that doesn't disregard all the work I've put into becoming who I am exactly. today. For me personally, it is, I um, try to differentiate or I most definitely differentiate between luck and fate. That's why I don't... I don't believe in fate, yeah. Yeah, me neither. Because, and that's one reason why I usually say that it's a chance event and not fate to happen even in a TTRPG mm -hmm. because it's just not in my normal thinking repertoire you could say yeah but in TTRPGs right exactly but that's the reason why I said it's complete chance that they met in the same tavern even yeah. though in TTRPG it isn't because nothing is except when you roll dice it's weird I yeah think it's weird just focus on the fact that it's all unique but not by chance necessarily mm -hmm. right the dice play a part and the dice obviously make sure that every that nothing stays the same even if you would take the same characters the same story the dice will roll differently that's your mechanical component that makes sure that nothing stays the same exactly but the other components obviously also work towards that and with that fact you know everything is going to be unique in a game in a story in a campaign in a one shot it's all always going to be unique to that certain point in time to that certain random seat in fate <laughs> yeah that, there if it you, is if you would have started random seat in fate that, that's a good thing if you would have started the session a minute later everything would have been differently in chaos theory man basically F fucking chaos theory again don't think about it too much just play the game but the wing strike of a butterfly can cause a tornado somewhere on the road. Fuck but exactly. Think about that things change, that things are there, and that the game you're playing is entirely unique. Exactly. Because even if you use the same start for any for a campaign, let's say they meet in a tavern and the tavern gets attacked by a dragon. Mm -hmm. You have the same players, but only one character is different. The whole fucking campaign or the whole fucking story will be immensely different. different Everything just because will of one small, basically a detail that changed but in a ttrpg changing a character isn't a detail so let's talk about the mechanical component a bit i think because that's the one where we can best give technical advice yeah first of all let dice rolls happen that's the best advice to make sure that everything stays unique yeah. that your players also have the chance to develop their uniqueness in the world when the players roll not necessarily a lot of dice but a lot of meaningful dice mm -hmm. don't let them roll just dice 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 this is not what the game is about but a lot of meaningful dice means that the more your players roll to actually influence something and impact something and use their agency to then see if their dice if, if their plan worked or their abilities worked or stuff you give them the chance to you give them the chance to work you give them the chance to yeah. impact and the dice then obviously play a part in that and if you let those dice rolls happen you get an outcome that is completely unique mm -hmm. and that is beautiful just theoretically every decision up to that point could have been made the same way and had the same outcome but now the dice rolls differently and now the outcome is different mm. now everything is changing now everything is changing and everything is unique and everything is new and that's a new opportunity for your players to do something again yeah. um, so think about that let dice rolls happen let meaningful dice happen make sure that you make a lot of meaningful dice and that meaningful dice means that especially at points where you're completely uncertain of what is going to happen yes. let them roll dice don't know the answer beforehand because if you know the answer beforehand the dice roll doesn't mean anything exactly because then the players roll shit and you're like shit now I can't give them the meaningful answer that I needed them to have. Bad. Now they roll too high. Shit. Now I need to give them more than what I had. Bad. If you don't know at all what happens, 
before the dice roll happens. That's the point you want to be at. Mm -hmm. Because then you're embracing that uniqueness and chance, which is an important part of playing games. Yes. And now, one last thing, just mechanically. We talked a lot about players being unique in a sense of game, in the sense of meta, in the sense of world. Mm -hmm. There's also a way to make players unique in the sense of game. No one can use the abilities that they use, right? At some point in D&D, your players have so high level spells that no one else can cast. It's the best mm -hmm. example I have. Other games have something like a fate mechanic. Fate points that you can use to change fate itself. That's why that's why I come from fate. That's why I use the word fate for it. Mm -hmm. Because that is an ability only the players and characters have. No NPC yep. can change fate but the players. They are special. They need to be because that makes them incredible. Yeah, it, it, and it's the same for D&D, even if you have an Arc Mage that can cast Wish, for example. For example. The, NPC, uh, the PCs are the only ones with meaningful death saving throws, for example, at least in my world. Yeah, same. Because that makes them stand out and special. They somehow can be deaf. Somehow they can. Exactly. But no one else can. That makes them unique. That yeah. makes them stand out. That makes them special. That makes them the only only ones that can deal with the larger problem at hand because they can just laugh in the face of death and just say no fuck you not today mm -hmm. or they have the, ab the ability to mm -hmm. it's not a given but they have the ability to indeed in fucking deed yeah and i think this uniqueness that we talked about a lot is mm -hmm. as i said before it's important to remember but not actually important to focus on yeah but when you remember it when you prep your games when you when you run your games when you um, think about your games it's gonna give you a lot of easier time to create challenges in my opinion because mm -hmm. this also means you don't know what your players are going to do and this is why people often say right don't do not prep challenges but do not prep the solution mm -hmm. because you don't know what your players are going to do if you have a set solution in place you might run into the problem that now you want your players to use your solution mm -hmm. and now you're forcing your players to do something you're taking that uniqueness that agency away exactly and it's not just about taking the agency away because you they play your players could still have agency to do stuff but if you can think of as a GM, if you can think of a certain way to solve a problem that in the world, right, you have, I don't know, some kind of uh, temple that needs to be opened, and mm -hmm. you think of a certain way to do it, then you have a way to do it. Then your world has an answer to the question how do we open the temple? Why doesn't your world solve it? Think about exactly. that. Why doesn't your world solve it? If you have an answer to that question, right? If, if for example, your temple is has to be opened with a puzzle door, I'm still the person that says have some kind of solution for the puzzle prep because just going on a whim, whatever my players are going to say if that's funny to me is good, can also mean that if your players never say anything funny enough to you, then it's just going to become frustrating. But if you have a clear set of pointers to a solution and then a solution that your players need to figure out, that's okay for puzzles and um, riddles and stuff like that. Mm. But generally, if you have a challenge on a meta level and you have one solution to it and only want that one solution to work, you need to make sure that your players can grasp that solution in their own way. So that mm. right, solving a puzzle can be done in different ways, even though the solution is the same. But the barbarian might still find the solution through a more direct brute force means. Yeah, uh, one thing that uh, for me, if I'm prepping challenges with, uh, I try to keep an open mind and not think of any solution or not think of the solution that I want them to achieve. Mm -hmm. But I can't stop my brain from doing so anyways. So I kind of think about the solution that may be possible, mm -hmm. but I try to keep an open mind with the things that my players throw at me. Yeah, Because you can control what your brain does, but not all the time, if you know what I mean. What your brain thinks about is a bit... Um, at least for me, up to chance at some times. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, I get what you mean. So if I think about a solution that I think is pretty amazing, cool, I keep that in mind, but I try to keep an open mind to all the solutions that my players give me. Yeah. And then react if that would work and how that would work. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time, mm -hmm. it would work. How would that play out? And then improvise off of that, but still have, yeah. because I can't shut it down, have yeah. still a solution, how I personally would have done it yeah. if I were in their shoes. That's, that's always okay. the thing that's that I okay. think about. Because it's not a adamant thing yeah. that I have written down. This is definitely one solution that will work. This is just how Niels engages with the problem himself. Exactly. This is how I would do it, and I would mm -hmm. hope it works. Mm -hmm. There's the chance thing again. One fun, funny thing is because, right, you can do this. The, the thing is about holding to that one solution, in my opinion. If you mm -hmm. only have one solution, yeah. The thing is, if you have a problem, no matter what the problem is, uh, having that open mind is important. And also, I think, um, having a se certain set of rules. Because just because your players are special doesn't mean that they are allowed to break the rules that mm -hmm. confine them. They are still in 
a world that works with gravity, for example. Your players just cannot cannot certainly fly, except they have someone that explicitly tells them they can fly, mm-hmm. right? They cannot break that rule. And if you have these certain set of rules for your challenges, then obviously you have a certain set of solutions that work because the door is indestructible. So when that when that is your rule, you cannot let the barbarian smash the door in. You just cannot yeah. because you said the door is indestructible. But that doesn't mean that the barbarian isn't special anymore. He can still use his raw strength in other ways that might help. The door is indestructible, but that still means he can try to lift the door. He doesn't because he isn't destroying the door with that. Mm-hmm. The wall around the door isn't indestructible. For example, right? But, but you get the idea. You have yeah. a certain set of rules that even uh, apply to your players and they can use their abilities to find those certain set of rules and in that certain set of rules, they can find their own solution. Exactly. And that is where I will want to leave the episode because mm-hmm. I think we talked about uniqueness. We talked about why it is important to think about, why it isn't necessarily something you need to focus on and we talked about how to use it, how to use the knowledge that we just gained. Yeah. And I hope people with this episode can go out there and create better challenges than before because that is all we're here for, to help sure you they will. become a better game master. And with that, thank you for listening here on the next one and bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Double DM. It appears you liked this one. What we had to say and our advice helped you. Why not show us how we helped you in a rating? Or even write a review detailing us how we helped. You can do this on the platform that you are listening on right now. It's just a few clicks, doesn't take long, and helps us out. It gets us out there and our advice into more ears of more people. Thanks again for listening and joining us on this amazing journey. Have a great day and see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Ready, player one. (laughs) Peach, you're so cool. (laughs) 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 One. What episode is this even? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Nils, are you here? Mm -hmm. Do you? Okay. (laughs) I am. (laughs) So. I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> Today's promising to be that kind of day. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Okay. Feeling this, Mr. Krabs? I ask thou feeling now, Mr. Krubelman. feeling now, Mr. Krubelman. What the fuck? <laughs> Listen to this fucking bullshit. What the fuck? Heute wird ein guter Tag. Heute wird kein guter Tag. Heute wird ganz scheiße. Heute ist richtig schlimm. Hey guys, did you know? <laughs> no, all I can say about it is this nits. Scheiße. Boah, ich fühle mich wie eine Oma auf einem Festival. What? Warum? Wie? Was? Wo kommt was? Oh Gott, was? Wieso? Please elaborate. Kennst du es nicht? Nee. Nee, dann elaborate ich nicht. Das muss man selbst herausgefunden haben. Hm.
Kannst du ja googeln, wenn du dir sicher bist, wenn du dir, wenn du, wenn du wissen möchtest, was all die coolen Kids heutzutage fliegen lassen oder so. Serious Business. Okay, Mr. Business gut. Mr. Krubelmann. Mr. Krubelmann. 